Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. In this episode of the Sovereign Collective Podcast, we talk all about one specific detoxification method to enhance liver health, blood purification, and quick removal of toxins. Being aware of tools and methods for detox is becoming increasingly important in this toxic soup of a world we live in. If we can't avoid certain exposures, or if you've realized that you have voluntarily introduced toxic substances into your body, then the coffee enema is something you want to know about. My guest today is Marion Gentry. Her site is directionwithpurpose.com. And if you want to try anything on her site, please use the code SASH7, S-A-S-H-7, to get 7% off your purchase. If you're squeamish or skeptical, be sure to listen to get inspired about a different sort of coffee break. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Sovereign Collective Podcast. I'm your host as always, Sasha, and today we're going to get into an interesting topic that I think some of you are going to be familiar with, but some of you may not be yet, and it's going to be a more important topic as we move along in this increasingly toxic soup that we live in, and it's a detox method. And living in a world where we have mineral depleted soil, you know, air pollution, toxic train derailments, you know, toxic shocks that some shots that some people are waking up to that that maybe that wasn't the best idea for them. There's all sorts of reasons to know how to detoxify your body and how to put in the nutrients that are required to also detoxify the body. And it's not to paint a picture of doom and gloom, but when you have a little bit of knowledge and apply that knowledge, it can go a long way to helping you being on the right side of the health statistics. Because increasingly, I think we all are knowing more and more people that are becoming quite seriously ill. And we need to change that that trajectory so that we can, you know, thrive on this planet and turn things around a little bit. So the modality I'm talking about is coffee enemas. And today I have with me Marion Gentry of Direction with Purpose. And I first got turned on to Marion and her work through a friend who sent me a link. She was recently interviewed on Crow Triple Seven. So catch her on there as well. I'm sure many of you truthers out there are already aware of that podcast. So Crow Triple Seven, she was talking about all about coffee enemas. And the interesting thing that I I found is that she has a little bit of a different approach to coffee enemas than the standard. There's a few extra things in there that she refers to. So Marion, who is Marion? She Marion is a holistic healthcare practitioner. She's been she started her business in 1998. So she's been educating people for many years on how to live a clean, healthy life and how to bring health to the body and mind. And if you go to her website, directionwithpurpose.com, you'll see that Marion offers a whole range of services and a whole range of products to help you in your health 
goals. So she comes from a, a, a family of doctors, I believe. Is that right? Medicine in your background, Marion? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But she chose to go a more natural route and she really believes in, you know, allowing and supporting the body to do its magic, which is our natural state, by the way. Um, and then before going to, you know, some other maybe therapies, if you haven't been able to achieve the results that you're, you're looking for. So we're going to go into all things, specifically coffee enema today, because I've got lots of questions and it's something that I've been doing a long time. And in preparation for this interview today, maybe this is too much information for some of you, but I did do a coffee enema this morning. And it's been something that I've been doing for quite some time and I recommend it all the time, but we're going to get into some of the specifics around it to make it even more successful for you on your detoxification journey. So thank you, Marion, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you, Sasha. And thank you for having me. One more opportunity to spread the word of coffee enemas. Absolutely. And again, like I said, increasingly more important information. So I find that people though are squeamish. So we're going to talk about why you're going to want to do this. Because a lot of people like, I'm surprised because when you're in the circles of I think true health and wellness, coffee enemas isn't such a fringe topic, but you step outside of them, people are like, what? But, mm -hmm. what? They, they don't really understand what you're actually talking about at first until I'm like, coffee up the bum. Right. <laughs> For a very yeah. specific reason. So first, let's talk about your journey into health and healing and what got you there and then how you, why are you such a great uh, information source on coffee enemas? Well, I think my journey started back in 1996 with holistic health. Um, I had a hysterectomy. I was put on um, the conventional hormone replacement therapy. And I was also a workout guru, very strong, very healthy, slim and strong. After a year, I think I gained something like 80 pounds. Wow. And I was completely erratic, like I thought I was going crazy. I was crying all the time. My world was just horrible. So I started investigating the more natural hormone replacement, finally came across the bioidentical. So that's where that started, got back on bioidentical. That's another story of how I managed to get there. But after about six months, I was back to normal, feeling great. So I started pursuing my health journey naturally and I came across a doctor in Spartanburg South Carolina that had healed her son of cancer and they were using coffee enemas they went to the Gerson Institute so immediately when they started talking about how they did it and how it works it was like a light bulb came on I thought okay this makes perfect sense to me so I started doing it my journey was quite horrific because I was quite sick actually prior to that I had lots of thyroid issues, weight issues, bulging eyes, big round moon fat face, which oh. is indicative of thyroid issue, mm -hmm. really. But, uh, so I started doing them. After three months, I was completely what I call healed. On my last coffee enema, I don't want to get too graphic, but it was more like a machine gun. It was like... <laughs> And I felt like every virus, every disease, every everything leave my body. And it was quite amazing. After that, my eyes went down, my face went down. I was just what I call healed. Wow. So what is it about this coffee enema that makes this so marvelous? I couldn't live without them in the end. So I started researching and I realized it was coffee. But in the beginning, they were using dark coffee. 
So in my research, I found out that what you really need in the coffee to open up the bile ducts and clean the liver, dump the gallbladder, is the palmitates that's in coffee and the high caffeine. So to achieve those two high elements, you actually cannot roast the coffee. So I had to find someone that would go through the process with me and find a way to get the coffee so we didn't roast it. So that's why mine is kind of a green, yellowish, golden color. Um, anyway, we got that on the road. Um, Gerson was using it. I was trained by Gerson, the Gerson Institute in San Diego, their healing clinic is in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Mm -hmm. So at the time they were only offering training to MDs and um, they finally opened the doors to um, healthcare providers, people like me, someone that was taking care of a cancer patient. And I was in their first class ever. Can't remember the year, but it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm through that training and I continue to promote my coffee enemas. I tell everyone about them. I mean, everywhere I go, I'm actually known as the coffee enema queen, I think is what I'm referred to. But I finally decided to put it on Amazon. So I was the very first brand, <clears throat> sorry, pollen, to um, get my product on Amazon. And everyone was like, you can't put that on Amazon. Couldn't get it off my mind, put it on Amazon sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Eventually Amazon asked me to sell all around the world, which I did. I eventually sold the brand name in 2019, but I continued to sell the product on, in my own um, website direction with purpose. So that's really my, my background. It's mostly hormones and coffee enema, which I believe I can't live without either one of those. Right, so coffee enema. So let's talk, so people that, don't understand why you would do a coffee enema. Why, why coffee? There's so many different things. Like, I don't even know where to start, but okay. So the enema, people think, okay, I'm constipated. I'm going to give myself an enema. Why would somebody specifically be doing a coffee enema? And how's that going to be different than a water enema? Okay. So the, the coffee enema is a low retention enema. Unlike say a colonic, a colonic is high, a lot of water pushed quickly and pushed in into the gut. So it's, it's a high enema. So with that, you are cleaning out the colon, but you're also washing away all the good bacteria, the flora, the acidophilus that we actually need in our gut. So the coffee enema is a low retention. It goes in very slowly uh, and up. it's taken up through the hemorrhoidal vein and directly to the liver. It opens the bile ducts, which carries the toxins out into the bloodstream, and then you evacuate in the toilet. So when you have an unhealthy liver, your body can't function properly. It will be congested. You'll get allergies. You'll get headaches. You'll get psoriasis. I mean, there's so many things that can be attached to this. It's unbelievable. And I've cured myself of so many things that doctors have thought could never be done and all i did was coffee enemas vitamin c glutathione you know natural things that you would do hand in hand so in my mind if you clean your liver dump your gallbladder which many of us have issues with um your body can work your body can do what it's supposed to do given the, the correct protocol the correct sleep rest i believe that your co the coffee enemas can fix it 
Right. It's just part of that whole picture project of of health. So, and you mentioned the the, the, the gallbladder. So the removal of the gallbladder is the number one voluntary abdominal surgery in North America. It's crazy how many people, this is an essential organ. So it's also not just supporting liver health, but gallbladder health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is the gallbladder um, produces and concentrates bile. You need bile to break down fats, all fats, anything, you know, everything you eat that's fatty. So even though you've had your gallbladder removed, your body doesn't really know this. So it still kind of wants to function as if it was there. So, and the other thing is when you do the coffee enema, it releases glutathione transferase, which is essential. I mean, glutathione is like the master um, antioxidant that you can ever have because it, it kind of gets all the other bad stuff and carries it out through your body. And it's kind of anti-aging, helps with wrinkles, that kind of thing, really good. But it does open up and produce glutathione, which most of us no longer has in our body. That, that probably went away in our early, early teens. So- when And how much does it increase that glutathione production by every time you do that? Exactly. We don't know exactly because I don't think anyone's actually done the test to see how much. But for me, I used to um, supplement with glutathione maybe once, twice a day. Um, but since doing the coffee enemas, I probably only need maybe three or four a week. Now, if I start to feel a little under the weather, I will increase that as I would increase my vitamin C and the ALA, alpha lipoic acid. So they're not only great things for your cells to heal and um, help your DNA, but they're great for skin, like mm-hmm. in eyes, teeth. It's amazing. Right. Right. Okay. So, because uh, I've heard with the glutathione production, it's some say 400%, some say 600%, but it's a significant increase in it the is. endogenous production of glutathione when that is such an important antioxidant enzyme out there that, that the body needs. So, so, okay. So to the coffee specifically, and then we're going to talk about who wants, who would want to do this, why you'd want to do this. Um, But so you have formulated your own very specific coffee to Mm. provide for that. So I, and I, I've done coffee enemas with both types of coffee and I'm still waiting for yours and the goodies you've sent me. I can't wait, but I find it's harder to retain that kind of a coffee. So I'm just wondering if, if somebody, what if somebody just has organic, organic coffee on hand and they need to get a coffee enema done are they going to get some benefits um yeah uh I, coffee is probably one of the most toxic foods that we can buy you know it's full of mold dirt parasites it's really quite toxic even though it says organic you know the the, the guidelines on it is pretty shady i think so mine is is grown it's shade grown and it's grown by small independent farmers and the organic side of it of course is um high up there on our list and so when you get the the coffee beans people think that coffee beans come naturally brown or black but coffee beans are actually green and it's in the roasting process that they um you know get darker brown black espresso black Uh, And they also think that the darker the bean, the more caffeine, but it's actually the reverse. The darker the bean, the less caffeine. So when when you use my coffee, because the caffeine's quite high, 
and the palmitates are high, that immediately opens up the bile ducts. It like gets in there and immediately starts opening up and wants to get those toxins out. So once that opens and the toxins are flooding your system, yeah, they want out. They, they're going to push out wherever they can get. So a lot of times you'll have a runny nose, watery eyes. You know, you're always blowing your nose because toxins will come out of any orifice that there is. So when people really cannot hold it for the 12 to 15 minutes uh, initially, I recommend they take about six or seven ounces, clamp it off, take out the tube, try to hold it for three minutes or so, eliminate that, come back and take the rest. That way, the onslaught of the toxins are kind of gone and your body should be able to oh, okay. take the rest. Right. And in time, you know, but for me, Gosh, I was doing two and three a day for the three months, three and a half months, and I couldn't hold it past maybe six minutes or so, right until the last one when I blew everything out. And then I could hold it. I mean, I could hold it and do the dishes or whatever, but of course, there's no extra benefit after 15 minutes. So there's no point in holding it longer. Right. right. It just shows you from toxic to no toxic to non toxic the difference in what your body can do. Right. Completely cleaned. So this is actually purifying the blood as the blood is passing through the liver. And then because, and it's important for that bile duct to be open because that's where the liver's emptying into, correct? Yeah. 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 And three minutes for blood to circulate the liver. So that's why we say 15 minutes, if you can hold it for 15, because the Gerson Institute somehow figured out that five passes through the liver is sufficient at one time. So you can actually do up to five coffee enemas a day, but with a two hour interval in between. So those who are battling cancer, Lyme disease, and they're healing themselves, they would do the two hour intervals and then replenish with either green juices or our greens powder or carrot juice, but you need to let the liver rest and repurpose itself before you go on to do another one but for the average person who's just trying like I was just trying to heal my body uh one to two a day is sufficient but you know what you'll know when you need another one because your body will tell you it's mm -hmm. amazing you just feel right so okay so who is, so this could be for the average person just looking to do like a regular kind of cleanse, or it could be for somebody super ill, but who, who is this not for? When is there, I know you have a certain, in your ebook, there are uh, like, if you're taking, doing chemo or so questions like children, breastfeeding, pregnancy, um, what if somebody's had partial or all of their colon removed? Like, what mm -hmm. about all of these things? Who is this not for? Where do you have to be careful when you're considering recommending a coffee enema? Well, I've had uh, clients that actually have continued doing coffee enemas through their whole pregnancy. Wow. And oh. I've, I don't know, when I had my babies, God, what, 40 odd years ago? Uh, we mostly all had babies around the nine pound mark, nine, 10, 11 pounds even. Now mm -hmm. you're lucky if you get a baby born that's like reaching seven, seven and a half pounds. But the girls that actually did the coffee enema, they did have nine, nine, 10, nine, 14 pound babies, healthy, healthy babies. And they continued to breastfeed whilst doing coffee enemas. Really? Okay. And it 
makes sense when you think about it. If you've got a clean body, a clean liver, and you're eating cleanly, what are you going to produce? You're not producing any toxic tagalongs. You're not putting any MSG or any fake colorings or antibiotics or anything in your body. So what you're giving to your baby is nothing but pure, healthy milk. Great. So if somebody has never done one, would you recommend them starting when they're pregnant? Like what if it just disrupts too much poisons into the circulation? Is that not going to impact baby uh, fever? Right out. It's coming right out. Um, as soon as you eliminate, as soon as you release toxins from the liver into the bloodstream, you're going to pump it right out. And then all that will happen is you're, if you don't release all of it, this is where some people say, oh, it made me feel sick. Oh, I felt like I had the flu. Uh, so I don't do any more. This is when you need to do more, not less. Mm. Because feeling of flu-like, feeling yucky, feeling like you want to vomit, that's all the toxins that are left in your, in your body that mm. hasn't come out. So you've got to get that out and just keep thinking, you know, purging, dumping, purging, dumping. It's a process continually. And your liver will reprocess what is left in there, but it's not making you feel great. So right. you've got to get it out. Yeah. So when you feel like that, you do more, you don't do less. And would you ever give it to a child? I have not personally given it to a child, but I do have um, a couple that has a child and I think she's seven, she might be eight now. And they did administer it to her. And I believe that she does them herself now, but they talked about it with her. Like I said, don't just grab your child, pin it down and start doing right. it because that's traumatic, right? Yeah. Really talk to your child about it. They were both doing coffee enemas. And so I think the child just knew, oh, mom, dad, they're boiling coffee. Oh, they're going to the bathroom. So it wasn't as bad. So when it came time for her, it, it just seemed quite of a natural thing. So yes, children, you can, there are, I know there are other couples out there that are giving it to their children. I also have a holistic vet in North Carolina that gives it to dogs. No. Okay. I have no, does it? But she buys my coffee and. Wow. Oh, okay. Dogs. I haven't heard of that. Okay. Oh, she kills dogs, like dogs that were on the brink of death. With liver failure, she's brought them back from death. I mean, it's uh -huh. just amazing. Right. So she's, and I've heard of that. Um, but I think if you Google it, I think you'll find there are other vets out there that do it. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so what about if someone has had part of their colon removed? Or even I know some people that have had their entire colon removed and then their small intestine made into a cold because because the vasculature is going to change i don't know what what they yeah. do they reconnect blood vessels and things like that so because that's going to be a big part of it getting into the liver right so how does that work well, remember it's a low retention enema so it kind of only goes up a little bit and then it just needs to turn that bend so you'll know when you get my tube the red tube how flexible it is but it just needs to go in and how far up that is depends on the person and the anatomy um i i don't really know about someone that's had colon surgery they mm -hmm. everyone's different i do know people that have had some removed and they can still do it because it's not going all the way up it's catching the hemorrhoidal vein i don't know if you saw the diagram yeah, yeah. 
but that kind of shows you where it is. So again, so I think it depends on the individual and I'm always happy to talk to someone about that. Right. So I have, I'm working with somebody, for example, right now, helping her. She's learning and understanding some of the uh, choices she made, say, a couple of years ago that were the best. She's a young girl that didn't realize that she shouldn't have said yes to something. And mm -hmm. she's also detoxed herself. She's been on many medications. She's been on all sorts of things. She's had every single shot you could get since, you know, a child. And now right. she's, 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 we're, we're really helping her heal and detoxify. And so now she can breathe through her nose. She can sleep at night. She's, she's doing all sorts of things, but what she found, and I said, you need to do coffee enema because she was feeling, she was doing other things to detox. I'm like, get the coffee enema done. And then she messaged me later. Oh my God, I feel so much better. However, for the first about hour, maybe half an hour, she had a lot of gut pain. Uh-huh. And she's used to having, she's had that in the past, but then it went away and she felt excellent. So do you know why somebody, like, cause some people I find there's another person I know that she just did not react well to it. It wasn't. So is there some people this really isn't for? I haven't met one yet in all the years. I haven't met one yet. I've met people that are squeamish to it. Yes. I've met people that do experience that vomiting feeling and then they go, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. But that's just fear, fear of the unknown. It, it cannot hurt you. That's the one good thing okay. about it cannot hurt you. The tube I use is smooth and bendable. It's not like the initial tube that you get on, on the end of a typical um, enema kit. This is smooth and soft. It's only going in four to six inches and it's only coffee. It can do no harm. So... Okay. A lot of people experience really is fear and lack of knowledge. Right. And not knowing about it. Because, yeah, everyone is going to experience a different feeling. Some go, oh, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> and some days you'll hold it and think, good, I've gotten there. And you'll do another one the next day. And, oh, my God, no. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Body is co always constantly healing purging filtering and going through the whole motion of healing and your body heals itself as you know it really absolutely does. i got to 13 minutes today that was my time to 13 so i can get to 15 often but sometimes i'm at eight or nine it really changes a lot so today was 13 yes so okay so i have like a gazillion questions to ask all at once but first okay so to clarify can we talk about the mechanics because you have the extra tube which nobody else that i know of has talked about putting in that catheter in there so can we talk about the mechanics from beginning to end about how somebody's going to go about doing this right well i actually have a, a video on my website and how to do the coffee perfect from end and make it and where and how you lay it's an animated video. It's not me doing it. So it is animated. And then there's another one of how to connect the bucket and the tube. And that shows you how to get the, the we call it the pink noodle onto the clear hose. So it's really simple. You just kind of push it on. And then it's, I think it's roughly 12 inches long, but it's only going to go in about four to six inches, depending on the anatomy of the individual that's doing it. So you lay on your right side and the fetal position, knees up, you hang the bucket about 18 to 20 inches above you. So it's gravity driven. 
And what I recommend is that you start the flow before you're ready to do it. That way it gets rid of the air and the flow is already there and it's easy. So you clamp it off, you can either hang it on in the whole, you know, hook in the bathroom, uh, sit it on top of the toilet seat is a good height, too high and it goes in too quickly, it will cause cramping and it doesn't absorb through the hemorrhoidal vein the way it should. So mm. cramping, if you don't do it correctly. Um, so that's why 18 to 20 inches we've found is the perfect height. And then you just get, get comfortable, lay on the bathroom floor, a pillow and maybe a blanket. If you're in a cold place, get some nice woolly socks and stay warm, read a book, meditate, and really understand what's going on in your body. Like visualize your liver and your health and how amazing this is and how amazing you're gonna feel afterwards. Um, and then when it's time, you get up, sit on the toilet, evacuate. I recommend sitting there for at least 10 minutes because generally mm -hmm. after you know five minutes and you think, oh, I'm done, it does take a while. So massage your kidneys, you know, massage your waist, do side to side. I get my legs and pull my legs up and then uh -huh. massage my tummy. So I do a lot of moving around because you've got a lot of, you know, intestines in there for it to get trapped. So you just get it all out. And then, and if you experience the gallbladder dump, which is an amazing feeling. Okay. What, and that, what is that? What, what would, what, how would somebody know they're getting that? Yeah, well, you'll, you'll know for sure because you will feel like you have lost everything from your brains on the inside. <laughs> it's where your gallbladder is completely opened and dumped everything that it's got in there. And you, it is the best feeling in the world. Mm. Everyone experiences that, but if you do, and it could be a year down the road before you do, uh, mine came after the three, three and a half month mark, I think. Yes. And then you need to lay down for about 20 minutes because it's quite, you know, it's exhausting. Right. Oh, interesting. And so the ideal temperature you would say is, I put mine to like 100, like I normally is Celsius, but it's 100 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what I yeah. pull mine down to. I don't really, I don't even worry about that. I just put my finger in it. If it feels good to my finger, it's good to go. Okay. So I don't go through the whole process of all that. I just try to make it simple. Right. I, I normally make my coffee the night before and I do it just before I go to bed and then turn it off, let it sit on the stove so it's cooling all through the night. And then in the morning, I'll warm it to my finger temperature and top it up because you lose quite a bit in the uh, evaporation process when you're cooking it. Mm -hmm. I just top it back up with some distilled water uh, to where you need it. So you can either use it then, or if you want to use it in the afternoon, just put it in the fridge, take it back out. But you can only keep it in the fridge for 24 hours after you've cooked it. Okay. Can't make a whole batch for the week right. and leave it and take it yeah. out because all the enzymes in there will be gone. Right. And, and I just tend to make it fresh. Every time I do it, I just make it fresh. Just sure. so yeah. yeah. Okay, so would you get a different result if it's colder or warmer or no? I feel like cold would cramp you. No, actually cold is, um, we recommend cold if you're 
if your anus is loose or stretched out, it actually does begin to shrink it. Oh. So I like warm because I like it to go in and I like for it to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a cold one. But yeah, so apparently cold um, shrinks and tightens the area around there. Okay, okay. Um, and so I think you've talked about before, like what things, like what would, sometimes people add things to their coffee enemas. So yeah. what are things that you could add and what would you not add? Well, a lot of the clients that we have that are battling like um, cancer, Lyme, in any kind of illness such as that, taking vitamins is quite nauseating. They can't get it all down. So there are certain things that you can actually put in the coffee enema bucket. Because remember, the, water, the, the coffee is not hot. It's just warm. Yes. So I like to add oregano oil to mine, and I do that oh. all around. Oregano oil is amazing. It's antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic. It's like a natural um, disinfectant, really. So during the fall and the winter, I add six drops to a coffee enema a day. Come the spring and winter, even though like right now we're battling pollen outside, which is horrific. Everything's covered in pollen. I still add um oregano oil to my bucket about five drops just to keep everything clean uh the greens powder a lot of people can't drink it because again they're nauseous they're they're feeling sick so we can actually put the greens powder in the coffee enema i normally do that with magnesium powder because you've got to keep your electrolytes balanced right so magnesium potassium sodium it's got to be there so the greens powder normally does that um the uh magnesium powder i probably do that every day maybe every other day and i put that in because it's warm i mix it all up now you can take the magnesium powder orally but i don't like it you've got to mix it with some warm water and, uh, do that. so i just put it in there uh any liquid form of uh vitamins or supplements that you have can go in there except uh, if you're replacing with liquid minerals, I prefer that you take that after your coffee enema. Oh, okay. Um, orally. Um, but really, that's it. My B12 goes in there. Uh, we have a product that is Max B, and that has all the B vitamins, and that doesn't taste great. But I put that in there. So most everything goes in there. What about well, a liquid probiotic? I wouldn't do that. Um yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would take that. Orally. Take that. Okay. Take that coffee enema. And you said not salt as well. You oh. wouldn't put salt in your... No, salt is good for you. Pink salt is, is good for you and it's essential. Like we have a pink salt that has over 80 different minerals in there. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is amazing. And the average person should probably be taking at least two teaspoons of that a day. Mm-hmm. If you're working out or children are sweaty more just to replenish everything and you can just put it on your tongue it's great yeah great i actually drink it in my water i've been drinking salt in my water since university for decades yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. made a really big difference to my hydration circulation all sorts of different things so gatorade oh my god people are drinking gatorade like crazy i just <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm no, we used to actually save our Gatorade when my son was playing hockey and we we had a dentist that would 
you could weigh the Halloween candy and then they'd give you money for however many pounds. So we'd put all the Gatorade bottles in there and then he'd get paid for it. Oh, no. <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore. He's not there anymore, but that was handy back oh. in the day when he was getting Gatorade. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. So how, if somebody's going to set aside some time, how long would you say beginning to end this is going to take for them? If you've already made it, it's ready to go. Um, I'd say 45 minutes, including a shower, but of course it could be longer. So again, it all depends on, you know, did you make it the whole 15 minutes laying down? Did you yeah. evacuate while you were laying down? So then there's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. People get really worried about that. But I just I just lay down on the bathroom floor by the toilet and it always works out. No problem, everyone. It's easy. It's it easy. Is. Yeah. And I lay on the I buy those disposable waterproof sheets and I just throw one of those down and lay on it. Right. Right. And then if you just fold it up and throw it away. Right. And so what is the difference? with doing it with the catheter that you have in your bucket set up, as opposed to just putting it in the tip, just a couple inches. Well, okay. Well, the tip is hard and generally where the hole is on the tip, it's quite rough. Like if you run your finger up and down it, it's kind of rough. Mm. It's like edges in there somehow. So that could cause, you know, a little tear or something in there. This is actually like a catheter, but it is a catheter. So it's smooth, it's bendable, and it needs to go up and around the corner. You can't do that with that hard piece of plastic. Mm. Can't go anywhere. It's just going to go in. But, it, you know, it's got to go in and around. Yeah, because nobody talks about it having to go in and around you. You're the only person that I have heard say that. So what, what, how does that make it different to the experience and the results when it goes well, up and around? regular enema that way is just going in and going up through your, uh, up your gut it's going up through your colon because coffee enemas are not necessarily for people with constipation it doesn't necessarily have to be used for cleaning the colon eventually if people are constipated and eventually they continue doing the coffee enemas they will no longer be constipated because their gut has healed their gut is fixed and then they will have normal bowel movements in between the coffee enemas. Me personally, in the beginning, before I started, I could go two weeks without a bowel movement. Oh my goodness. I know. Now I have every day regular in between my um, my coffee enema because now my gut is healed and mm -hmm. all because of the coffee enema. So people say, well, you know, am I going to become addicted to it? Right. Yes. Yeah, you'll be addicted to how great you feel, but that's all because it really does make you feel. Well, good. and I think I, I have met a couple of people that have gotten addicted to that, and they're doing them multiple times a day when they're not they're not overly ill or anything. They just keep doing them. Like I'm wondering, is that <laughs> is that really that good for that long over time? Unless you're actually really treating something to do them that regularly. Yeah. A lifestyle. I mean, you know, how do they eat? Where do they live? What are they breathing? Um, you know, just breathing every day. You can eat really well and eat healthily and still have great coffee enemas. And I've had a lot of people that say, oh, I can't believe what happened. You know, I'm, I'm my diet is so clean. But there's a lot of other things to living that creates a toxic liver. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
So it's not, so you're saying it's not flushing because what I really, I, I make sure that I do take probiotics afterwards, that I am rehydrating with salt water afterwards. And I just naturally do do that because I feel like I felt like over time and maybe it's because it wasn't because I was using just the harder tip. Now I have a bucket with a longer soft tube. So I've been using that until I get your catheter. But uh-huh. I was finding that my digestion would get a little bit more sensitive if I was doing them more frequently. So, but that keeps it all in check when I drink my salt water and I take my probiotics afterwards. Cause I like these yeah. liquid ones that we. Yeah. So. You definitely watch your electrolytes. You just can't keep doing coffee enemas. And no. trying to rep- yeah. Because well, you will, you will create an imbalance, right? But probiotics, the microbiome that I encourage people to take um, is good, but generally the greens powder, the oregano oil, a few other things that, you know, B vitamins that, yeah, yeah, B vitamins. I like that. People are so stressed out these days. That'd be a really great way to get their B vitamins <laughs> in there, right? So yeah. yeah. Um. Well, now I'm trying to see my, my. This is small. Okay. Frequency. We've talked about that. Um. Dependency. What about somebody who's in the height of like a Crohn's or colitis or things like that? Is that something that's contraindicated or? not yes recommend that you do one if you have very soft stool like if you've got diarrhea or anything we don't recommend that you do them then um we do recommend taking different supplements to try and help that first and as soon as you have a pretty solid-ish stool it doesn't have to be completely solid but it doesn't need to be runny then we can introduce a coffee enema um because again, it's gonna. We're, we're trying to heal the liver, and and when you heal the liver, you're healing the gut. And if there's issues, then yeah. Okay. So that again, on a kind of a one-to-one basis, do you do it? Do you not? You've got to. Kind of and up. in your e-books, or like just thinking of just before, like you you also talk about chamomile enemas and a castor oil enema. Yeah. Can you talk to about those and why somebody would do those and when somebody's going to choose coffee over those types? Right. Well, the castor oil, I, I hate to discuss those because I don't want people rushing off and doing them because oh. that's another level. And, oh, okay. and I mean, that level of detox is pretty intense and there's a whole protocol for that. Okay. So I'd rather not discuss that. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. The chamomile one is great for people who uh, want to relax more and then especially like a bedtime. So you can do a chamomile enema and that way it's more relaxing and calming. And I find coffee enemas generally relaxing anyway. So I can do them at night and it doesn't affect my sleep. But some people say, you know, it does, in which case then do a chamomile one. So that way you're continuing to still clean the liver, but you're not using coffee. The chamomile also is cleaning the liver, but must be doing a little bit differently if it's not, doesn't have the acid in there, like the palmitic acid yeah. caffeine. Now the caffeine. So it's still going through the body and it's still stimulating the liver. It's keeping it awake. A lot of times, you know, our liver is dead asleep. And so that kind of keeps it awake and keeps it pumping but it's not actually causing you to stay awake. So it is calming. The good thing about coffee, the coffee, the green coffee, 
is it has a morphine effect. So if you have pain, then it's ideal for that because you can do the coffee enema and it will temporarily relieve pain. So the Gerson Institute, when they had patients come that have been on medication for pain by their doctor, they can actually wean them off that medication because of the coffee enemas. And I know for sure that it does relieve pain. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a herniated C5, 6, and 7, and they wanted to do surgery, slip my neck, go in, wow. play, and I wouldn't do it. I did nothing. I did no painkillers. I went through the whole process just getting through. But what got me through was the coffee enemas, and I did about five or six a day. Um, wow. And that was what got me through so I could get my energy back and build up my resistance again for the next onslaught of pain that was to come. Oh, help me. And so, you actually said a really interesting story that I heard you talking about with the, during the war, World War One, was it? And yeah. coffee enemas. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that's how Dr. Maxwell Gerson um, found out about the coffee enemas. During World War One, morphine was really like scarce. And so the only time they used it was for surgery. So because the doctors were working 24 hours around the clock, they always had a pot of coffee on the side. And so the soldiers were screaming at night in pain and disrupted. One night, a nurse decided to put the coffee into the um, enema of the soldiers that were screaming. Notice that they all were quiet and calm and slept. And so after the war, these two German doctors decided to look into it. That's where they found that the caffeine and the palmitates in coffee can really cause a morphine effect. So Dr. Gerson did it to help cure his migraines. So he mm -hmm. called and then he cured tuberculosis and then he continued his work. Uh, he was amazing and uh, in like most doctors today, all the accolades that he had when he showed that you could cure cancer, they kind of disowned him, dishonored him. And finally, eventually he was poisoned and died. Poison, Max Gerson was poisoned? That's, he was yeah. poisoned? Oh, I didn't know that. But then Charlotte Gerson, she's the one that really developed the whole, was she was the she one that really carried it on? Yeah, she took out where he left off, yeah. Um, so, you know, she was young. I think he died in 1959, I think. Um, and then Charlotte just carried on from, from there. But I think there's lots of things that try to happen to her along the way, but mm. she managed to get through. There's been lots of doctors along the way that have tried to yes. um, come out and they've not made it, so... Yes, I think more and more recently have been um, disappearing, unfortunately. It's kind of scary, scary world that we live in, right? There's a lot of, it's pretty upside down, pretty upside down. People that are really doing well and really good and doing it, you know, for the right reasons, they, they get vilified, they get threatened or worse. And people don't, a lot of people don't see the truth around that. So it's, it's unfortunate. You know, common knowledge, it's not, my, I mean, the main media do not put it all over the TV. So no. Kind of 
brushed under the rug, yeah, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. good, people like you are out there. You've got this great platform, Crow, several others are allowing it to come out. And it's great for people that want to, you know, just keep an open mind. Yeah. Well, right. I think in this day and age, this kind of information is essential. We, we have to take it into our own hands, right? Yeah. Nobody's going to do it for us. And in fact, we're seeing more and more harm coming from the more established methods, shall we say. So, yeah. and so I had a friend that um, wished that she hadn't done something a couple of years ago. Yes. And wants to detox. There is actually a whole protocol for that, that okay. I have one wants to reach out okay we can give them that okay a whole regimen okay that'd be great go to direction with purpose and learn about that and that's how I got a hold of you and you responded to me right away so that was great so I can attest to that so back to questions about this um what if somebody's got a leaky gut (laughs) and is that a good thing to do when people have a leaky gut yes yes Mm-hmm. Yeah. it is a good okay and then so, of course some probiotics prebiotics postbiotics you know as long as you, you just got to get the gut going and then it will learn to produce its own good bacteria all by itself mm-hmm. when the time mm-hmm. comes and does this help with um if anybody has any kind of peristalsis issues like i know you're saying it's a low retention enema but it is going into the colon so Will it help people if they have really a sluggish bowel at all, or is that they need to do other things for that? Yeah, no, it will really help that. Like, absolutely. Okay. Like, okay. I didn't think about coffee enemas when I had my issues. And um, yeah, it took completely healed me. I had my appendix out when I was about five years old, I think. And I think they must have burst because it was horrific. I had a horrific scar. And so, uh, as we know, your appendix creates its own natural acidophilus and flora. So being without your appendix is not a good thing. So I think along the way with me, it created so much scar tissue that everything inside of me was completely like nothing was moving. And I hadn't, I don't remember even through my teenage years ever going to the bathroom, maybe once, twice in two weeks. Oh, Lord. Wow. So I think that's wow. what caused all the infection in my body. Yeah. How I looked and then my thyroid and it was just a whole thing. And really all I did in the beginning was the coffee enemas. I was diligent two, three times a day maybe, but I was like on it and on it. And I was eating better. I ate a lot more healthier than perhaps I would have before. I wasn't really mm-hmm. sure food and bad food but um you learn along the way and when you when your gut starts to heal you will crave foods that you never liked before healthy foods Mm. and you want to stay away from foods that your body does not want so like i love my glass of wine at night completely put me off my wine Uh, maybe that's going on with me I'm really not liking wine at all these days and you know I'm not like it's not that I have I don't even think about it and then somebody offers me some I'm not very attracted to it and then I don't really like it these days at all isn't that interesting yeah Yeah. I mean it's because your body says no not really Uh, me I couldn't I could not eat avocados I I think it was a texture thing olives I could not eat olives Mm. Uh, 
I can remember going into Whole Foods after I had my experience and I was craving olives. I went to the olive bar like it was candy and I could not stop eating olives. And then avocados, but all the foods that I used to crave, I no longer crave because now my body was completely, um, I'd gotten rid of all the infection and all the cravings and the sugar and the MSGs and the high fructose syrup that I was clearly eating and didn't realize was really that bad for me. Right, right, right. So interesting. So interesting. Um, what is the best time of day to do this? obviously if you're doing them multiple times a day because yeah. you're sicker more toxic it's right. gonna be old but if say somebody wants to do a daily coffee enema or what even a weekly like i was think i would sometimes because i go through periods where sometimes i'll do I, I i do them from daily like i was fasting last year i don't know if that's a good thing to do but i did it together with a seven day fast and i did sure. them every single day um to not doing them for months to do them once a week to doing them multi three times a week so i'm kind of all over the place yeah. Well, that would be an indication to me that you're already pretty healthy, that your gut is not craving. Your, your gut is not, you know, like screaming out for help. It seems like you're probably already quite healthy. But in the beginning, if you're not healthy, you do not have a healthy liver, you'll do one and then you may want to do another one and then you can't wait for the, the next day so you can do another one because you know how good it makes you feel. It just mm -hmm. makes you it's your own personal quiet time that right. is just you, right? It's your own, you know, you're giving yourself permission for that. So there's no real great time of day. Personally, I do not like the morning. Oh. Uh, I think that is because, you know, I'm maybe a little dehydrated by morning. Uh, I drink a lot. I don't know. But um, mornings are not good for me. But I'm not a morning person anyway. So maybe that could be it. Uh, Ayurveda say the best time of day is between three and four in the afternoon. And that is something to do with the earth's magnetic field. Um, that does work great for me between three and four in the afternoon. Okay. Would you do that before a meal, after a meal? Uh, generally before my meal, if I do it at three or four in the afternoon, I only eat one meal a day now anyway. I'm on the OMAD thing. Um, I only need one meal. So I tend to do it around three or four and then I will eat about 5.30. So that okay. works good for me. So never do it on a full stomach and never do it on a completely empty stomach. So in the morning, hydrate with some water, a little bit of salt maybe, or greens powder, and then take some strawberries some berries, some pineapple, anything to stimulate your digestive system because it's got to wake up. Mm. it's going in your mouth and and all of that if you drink coffee drinking coffee temporarily shuts the liver down so i would always say if you want to have your morning coffee go ahead have it but wait about an hour 45 minutes to an hour before you actually do a coffee enema awesome. so that way drinking shuts it down um rectally opens it up so right. you know so when I was doing a seven day fast, I wasn't eating anything, but I was still doing them every day. Is that something you would not recommend then doing? Because no, I'm not eating. No, definitely recommend. Because when you're um, doing a fast, your body's detoxing. Mm -hmm. Your body already detoxing. Your liver is purging. Your bile ducts are 
wanting to explode. And so rather than your liver having to reprocess all of that, you're purging it. So your detox is great. I mean, you know, I, I love that. Okay. And then do your coffee enemas during the day. And so, what I noticed about that is at the end of like the last couple of days, like it was like, there was like pure green coming out. And I'm wondering, was I just like shooting bile right through and cleaning it out? Because it's like, oh, haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Did it have um, like a sour taste in your mouth? Do you have like a yucky taste or anything? I don't remember that happening. Yeah. Sometimes you, you'll get like that sour taste in your mouth. Hmm. And uh, I when people do a fast like that is to make sure they up the iodine content do you do you take iodine i am definitely taking iodine. and now well actually that's one of my more recent interviews is all about iodine because mm -hmm. that is i think something that has been very much uh suppressed and fear-mongered around is you know healthy levels of iodine i wasn't though back then that much i was taking a lot smaller doses and, and infrequent doses so and you can, can put that in an enema bag or no? Can or add iodine for enema. Mm -hmm. Iodine yeah. in the enema. I do. I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I okay. About eight drops on my arm at night. And then I go like this and rub and go to bed. And when I get up in the morning, it's gone. Yes. People that have, um, a, you know, an underactive thyroid, you can actually put it on your thyroid and it'll, it'll suck it up. Right. Like crap. Right. And it will help. Iodine's in everything now. Me, you know, bread, cakes, cookies. It used to be iodine, but they took the iodine out and replaced it with bromine, which is yes. iodine. Yeah. Which displaces the little iodine you do have in your body as it is, yeah. right? So yeah. We're all very under iodine. I mean, it's just children. I mean, it affects your brain, your learning ability. So... 100%. All, all my friends that have children, I they all take iodine supplements because you just have to. Yeah, agreed. agreed. And I think you're living in an area where you actually have a lot more iodine in your soil. At least you did once upon a time. I know where we are. We did, yeah. Yeah. So also, so similar to that question. So I don't know if, do you know anything about borax, taking borax internally for boron? Yeah. So would you ever put that in the coffee enema? No. No? I know who do but i would not uh not personally i feel like there's other uses for that you can do that in other ways uh you can use borax but in a different format i would not put it in a coffee enema because oh. once you start confusing the liver and start putting too much it could get a little bit confused i think it's mm -hmm. like for me and they go well i put this in and that in and that in and they're not having great experiences and i'm like well how about if you back off with this start with just the coffee and add a little of this and a little of that as time goes on and they've had much better experiences so i wouldn't do the borax in the coffee okay okay um so i had an experience with someone who called me the other day and she came back from a trip and she was very constipated and i said do coffee enema do this do that but she did a coffee enema but only liquid came out nothing came out so is that something that you would uh, that do you think that if she did more that would be helpful for her to do that because she was like she literally couldn't move so she's getting a little bit concerned because she was stuck more stuck than she'd ever been 
Yeah, uh, you would. She would should do another one after that. But generally, that means that she was quite dehydrated. So what's happened is that every organ in her body has just sucked up that liquid uh, because she was dry. Mm. When you're dehydrated, and even though you think you're drinking a lot of water, if your body is not used to that on a daily basis, you are actually dehydrated. Nice. So when you do that, you have to do another one to get rid of that. And probably, you know, constipation would need excess magnesium, perhaps. That's when I say the magnesium powder is great because I don't measure it, but I just from the <laughs> uh, you know. Right. And I don't have any issues anymore, thank God. Right. Yeah, and you're coming from a very extreme case. Yeah, very. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So for somebody who's just looking to make this a part of their routine to ensure, you know, they keep their body clean, they're supporting their liver function, which is, and in the end, I would think it's going to help with your hormones, it's going to help cancer. Like, what are the things that people, what are all the benefits? What else would you say? Like somebody, first of all, if somebody's healthy, how often would you recommend they do it? And what are other situations that would require, or it would be helpful for somebody to do one? Well, if someone's healthy, you know, they might think they're healthy until they start doing coffee enemas. And then it's like, wow, I had no idea. I thought I felt great and everything was good. A lot of times with women, they'll have xenestrogens locked in their liver. So that's like estrogens that we build up through time that we don't even know is there. And that mm -hmm. causes the problems for us. So, you know, weight gain is one of them, depression, anxiety low libido, no sleeping. I mean, there's a host of things that that can do. So that actually does purge the liver of those fake estrogens to get them out. Um, gosh, it just really about cleans up everything that's going on in your body. What about blood sugar irregularities, diabetes? Yeah, are awesome for that. But that's where I recommend that they do other things uh, along with the coffee enema. And then diet is crucial, mm -hmm. you know, off of all the. Right, of course. And so people on that note, this is not just something that you can do to try to negate your bad habits, right? It's a whole picture project, good eating right. habits, good movement habits, good sleeping habits, everything. And this is just another thing that you can add to take your health yeah. to the next level. Yeah, this is kind of like a modality that should be, used hand in hand with other things now those who do have sugar issues and um not not actual diabetics but pre-diabetics it should actually keep you from craving sugar because it does clean you up so if you can kind of cut back on your sugar intake in the beginning you will eventually not find it a struggle because you won't want them it's like you and your wine you kind of like oh no i didn't even think about that like it's not something you think about so start with the coffee enemas and then move right along. And as we go, we add things in. And it's so simple, isn't it, Sasha? It Just really is. Get it, lay down and be done. And it's so inexpensive and it's such a, uh, an easy cure, I think. I can't imagine why people don't do them. But. Well, yeah, so I have a kit waiting for a friend <laughs> who finally... She said, okay, fine, get it for me. And uh, so she's going to, she hasn't done it yet. But yeah. what do you have to say for people that are squeamish? Like, I think we're a little bit excessively squeamish these days, you know? And some people are like, oh, I'm not going to put them on my butt. I'm like, why not do it now when you're not forced to? Because you're not in a state where you're desperate to do anything. 
Why right. not do it now? Why wait until you get sick? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you probably find too, like I do, people are really wanting a pill, a quick fix, like doctor, give me a pill, do this, do that. They're not really willing to do much for themselves. And a simple thing like a coffee enema, yeah, you have to make it, you have to go in, you have to lie down, you have to put the tube and then you, you know, have to evacuate. It's a nothing process, but people go, oh gosh, that's like such a lot of work. Right. And you said the key word there, the willingness, right? That yeah. willing to take the time. Like I actually use it as a visualization process too. So when I do sit down on the toilet, I'm like, okay, now everything that's not me anymore, not supporting me, boom, gone. You know, it just <laughs> as a visualization of a cleaning, like my whole being, not just the liver and the blood. Right. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And people find, you know, people that were depressed before and had anxiety before. Mm. It's like, you know, the depression, the anxiety that's over here, finally is just purged from their body. And they find that, oh my goodness. And then those that were on medication have gradually weaned off and they're fine. Right. You know? And I think that's huge because depression, anxiety now, oh. I, I, every other person is dealing with some kind of depression or anxiety. And probably really good if they have weaned themselves off the meds to clean that liver out as well from all the residues from the drugs. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I mean, anyone that's had anesthesia, um, mm. gotta go do coffee enemas. You gotta get that out, or you know, gonna cause some brain trouble. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so much that so much. So easy. People can create a whole drama around it, and it, there's nothing to it. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> does not hurt people go oh my god does it hurt no it doesn't hurt it's nothing it's pleasurable i look forward to my little trot to the bathroom all by myself i do too <laughs> <laughs> it's my own world and no one bothers me they know when i'm going in and i say i'm going in that's there okay no one bothers me exactly me too really horrified in the beginning especially my son was like oh my god no no and they live in the uk they live in england and i finally went on a trip trying to get my son to do this he had horrible heartburn he has quite an active social life so you know i think he drinks quite a bit which creates this heartburn um finally he saw me after we've been sitting up when i arrive you know he picks me up we go to his house and we drink wine, eat cheese and catch up on our life. And I was finally said, I've got to do a coffee. I've got to go do a coffee. And I looked like death, you know, I hadn't slept in 48 hours with the traveling and then talking to him. And he actually took a double take when he saw me walk down the stairs because the woman that went up to the shower and to get a coffee was not the same woman coming down. Interesting. So I said to him, look, I'm here now. Why don't you just try one? Just try it. Because he's the typical, oh, I'm not putting anything in up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man. And he said, okay. And he tried it. That was seven years ago. He now has a Facebook page in the UK. He tells all his friends about it. Him and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the rooftops. Oh, my God. 
us. It does remove hangovers. I don't advocate that's what you use it for, but it does. Because the reason for a hangover is all the toxins that's circulating in your, in your body. Your liver can't process it quick and all the toxins that are in alcohol. So it purges it and it goes and you're back to normal. Ready for a day, right? Right, right. Oh, that's so great. Love it. Well, good that you got one day my son will do it. Right now he still thinks it's gross. But we'll see when he gets a little older. <laughs> How old is he? 14. Just. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not really yeah no no and I wouldn't want to get that on him now but yeah eventually just just to know that there is a tool I just think even the knowledge there so that you have something to reach for when you don't know what else to do why not try it right exactly mm -hmm. um she just gave birth about a month ago and she's breastfeeding breastfeeding but got a cyst got mastitis and got a cyst so she was going to go on antibiotics and her husband was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So they said to me, what can we use for inflammation? And I said, coffee enemas. And they went, oh, duh. Yeah. So did the coffee enemas. Everything's fine. And did, did that help with her mastitis? Like bringing it down? Yeah. Oh. It reduces inflammation. And any infection that's there, it will purge that from your body. Oh, so interesting. I wouldn't even thought of that for mastitis. Okay. I know. Uh -huh. So great. So, okay. So we've gone through, you know, we've been talking for some, I think I've got all my questions answered. So if somebody wants more information from you, what are the best ways? Your website directionwithpurpose.com. Is there any other way that people can learn uh, more about you? My email is marion at directionwithpurpose.com. Uh, of course, you can try calling me. Um, and I will get back to you, but it might take some time. So you can list my phone number. It's area code 843-707-6943. I have a Facebook page. Um, I'm on Instagram. And I think that is at Marion underscore everything underscore coffee. Because I sell drinking coffee as well as enema coffee. Oh, you do? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. And so now you're seeing clients. You said you're not seeing clients in person anymore. You're just seeing them remotely? Yeah, just Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Or over the phone. Some people don't want to do face-to-face. -face. That's fine. I'll do. Yeah. And do you work with people all around the world or mostly in the United States or? Around the world. Australia. The Philippines is my my new one um the uk spain yeah all over all over the place okay yeah. well lovely okay you hold the line for now but everybody thank you for tuning in i think this is an important modality i know we're talking about I, a lot of people are talking about it more i think it's a and the thing is this isn't new this isn't a new thing that oh my goodness we got to get onto this new fad this is an old like enemas themselves are ancient right but that this this is something old and this is something that as we go into more modern convenience toxicity everything this is a tool that we're going to need to know and the rate of cancer i don't even know i think in our stats here they're saying it's like 50 percent of people are coming down with cancer these days that's that's, that's absolutely crazy absolutely unnatural and definitely one of that was what the gerson clinic mostly dealt with right they dealt with cancer cases yeah 
mostly yeah. cancer. Yes. Yes. So definitely part of the tool kit for that, because we know the regular doctors, the oncologists, they're not going to recommend doing coffee enemas. That's not something that they're, that they're not getting paid to, to recommend. So it's up to you to know the information and to dig deep and to see what else you can do for that. So thanks for joining me. I know this was an interesting uh, interview. Thank you so much, Marion. And until then, guys, until later, thanks again for joining me and we'll see you next time.